This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> And my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 219 again. Yes, I'm reposting this episode because we have two very special guests, Kristen and Dan from the Killing Your Darlings podcast, and we are talking about a movie that is not only perfect for April Fool's Day, it is also perfect for Easter, which was when this episode was supposed to go out, but the Friday the 13th Spectacular got all mixed up, and the movie we're talking about is 1973's The Wicker Man. Now, when I first posted this episode, this episode almost killed me getting it out. I had... Endless technical problems, and on top of it, I had health problems. When I recorded the intro and outro, I had laryngitis, so I kept it super short, and I was running a fever, and when I mixed it all together, it turned into this big mess. So the first few minutes of the episode when it first posted was a mess, and I apologize for that, but now you're getting a brand new intro with all kinds of new fun information. So without any further ado, let's get it out of the way. Dum dum smooch, you watch. What's going on with that cat? Well, not much is going on with her. She's super good. She's doing really well, but I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something because this has been amazing. I had to change her food. She you know, as you know, suffers from feline hyperesthesia, and one of the things that they feel is a component in it is too much grain in the diet. So I've been slowly switching her over to food without grain, which means a higher meat content. So I've been getting that blue buffalo kibble, and man, when I first got it, man, man, like she's a big girl. You know, she looks like a lady and she walks like a lady, but she poops like an elephant on a good day. You know, she's pushing 30 pounds. She's a big girl. You know, she got big poops. But man, when she got on this all meat diet, oh my God, I thought I was going to have to move. There was one night she was sleeping on the bed with me and she was farting and it was so stank that it was waking me up. If your farts are so stank that you're waking me up, you got some stank farts. And the thing that was amazing, now here's the thing. Her litter box is in the living room, but I have one of those Chinese screens around it to make a little modesty screen for the lady so she doesn't have to be pooping in front of everybody if I happen to have guests or so they don't have to look at her litter box, you know, when you're sitting in the living room because that's nice. But anyway, that's not the point right now. But she was in the litter box and she took a huge dump. It was her first dump after being on the Blue Buffalo food. And she turned around and sniffed her business. And she apparently was so shocked by it that she jumped up and she ran in horror at the nightmare that she had unleashed upon the world. But the thing is, 
this thing didn't go around the screen. She went through the screen. She went through the screen, and there's a Bugs Bunny-like hole, but shaped like Smoochie the Moo in the Chinese screen. Like a laser, just bang, went right through that thing. I'm like, oh, bitch, that is bad. If you are tearing down the furniture because your poop smells so bad, that is some serious business. But she's doing really well. She hasn't had a seizure in quite some time. The, the grain seems to be helping quite a bit, or the lack of grain, I should say. And so, you know, we can deal with some stinky poop if we have a healthier kitty, right? Of course, right? I can see, or rather I can hear, that my voice is still not where it was. But already this show is more fun than it was beforehand. Aside from that, not much has been going on. I have been uh, not okay lately. And we'll talk about that on the next episode. There's going to be some changes to the show as a result of everything that's been happening. But that's not for now. We're just here to have fun. Now... Aside from this, there's not a hell of a lot going on. Mr. Brad and I have a birthday coming up next week, so the following episode is going to be the birthday episode. So by all means, please get your birthday wishes into the show, and it'll be a cool montage at the top of the episode, but I can't do a montage if there's no call. So please call them in at 917-720-2047 or email them to me at crew at screamqueensgut.com. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. You know the drill. So... I'm just going to get into the show proper now because, like I said, there's not much else going on. Life's been weird. I've been sick. Everything stinks. Smooches poo smells. But, hey, that's life here at Scream Queens headquarters. So we're going to bring on Kristen and Dan. We're going to talk about The Wicker Man. And if you have not seen 1973's The Wicker Man, I recommend you do it before you listen to this episode. It's streaming on Shudder right now. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. And it's a fantastic movie. It's a little piece of perfection. And if you haven't seen it, please do that right now before you go any further. And the thing is that I forgot to talk about in the episode was that when I showed this to Mr. Brad years and years and years ago, this was the movie that broke him. This is how powerful this movie is. He was so damn disturbed, he didn't talk to me for days. Yeah, that's what you're in for. We've talked about The Wicker Man. And I'm not talking about that Nicolas Cage version. If you've got that in your queue, just get it out right now. It's a piece of garbage. No, no, no. You want the 1973 version with Christopher Lee. So without any further ado-do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Smoochie, when I said doo-doo. Uh-huh. Uh, she hates me. She's like, thank you for talking about my personal business in a public forum. How dare you? How dare you, you nasty man? What will my fans think? Oh, they just love you even more. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Isn't it nice how I switched from bringing my guests on to my cat's poop? That was that was a nice segue. Anyway, we're going to bring on Kristen and Dan from Killing Your Darns, and we're going to talk about The Wicker Man right now. And by the way, on the way out, it's going to be the old outro that I did the last episode because that didn't need to be fixed. So just be prepared for more vocal creaking and enjoy the show. Welcome, fool. I believe in the life eternal. As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! Sergeant Howie, West Highland Police. I am here to investigate the disappearance of Rowan Morrison. If she existed, we would know. You suspect foul play? I suspect murder. Sergeant, if I with you, I will go back to the mainland. You wouldn't want to be around here on Mayday. Pagan! Where is Rowan Morrison? 
time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Oh, Jesus Christ! You simply never understand the true nature of sacrifice. So I am very excited on this very special holiday edition of Scream Queens, or I'm sorry, Scream Queens, because that's how my guests like me to say it all the time. (laughs) Anyway, for this very special episode, I am joined by two really awesome people, and we're going to be talking about a movie that is not only perfect for Easter, but also works really well for April Fool's Day. Yes, they are the hosts of the Killing Your Darlings podcast, and I'm thrilled to have them back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kristen Petty and Dan Cohen. Hi. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Everything's cool here. What's going on in Killing Your Darlings land? Uh, well, we just moved. We moved from uh, one part of Brooklyn to another, so you may notice that you no longer hear the train in the distance. Which, no more Q train. No more Q train oh. underneath us. Yeah, which is good because I always uh, just thought that was the hot rumbling of your loins. <laughs> you may hear something similar, which is a chainsaw outside from the firefighters that live across the street. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, oh, okay. Uh huh. And they just okay, so they just have them going all the time. <laughs> They, they, test, they them test them twice a, day. twice a day. Oh, okay. Once at 8 o'clock in the morning, which fuck off. Yeah. And then once in the afternoon. Uh, that might so. have been something the real estate agent might have mentioned. That would have been cool. She did mention that there was, she's like, well, there was a, fi- there's a fire department across the street, but, you know, they, they don't usually, like, turn their, uh, like, fire alarms on until they get down to uh-huh. the end of the block, uh-huh. which is also a lie, but uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. They, they definitely put them on as soon as they pull but out. Also, but like, end of the block is still not far away not that far. to be like, oh, I definitely don't hear that fire truck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like it's just right now we don't have any furniture in our house or anything, yeah. so like our our apartment is just like one big echo, echo. chamber. Uh huh. So so I why aren't we over there recording doo wop songs right now? <laughs> <laughs> so and the stale of the night chainsaw chainsaw <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That was- wow. <laughs> no, so for those of you who are new to the show, Kristen and Dan are the hosts of the Killing Your Darlings podcast. Could you guys give me a really brief summary of what goes on over there? Okay, um, Killing Your Darlings is a nostalgia podcast where uh, my husband and I uh, go and watch uh, movies that we loved as kids and see if they still hold up through our adult eyes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we actually just recorded one now, which is coming out tomorrow. Um, and we watched the movie Dune, which Ooh, I'm sure Dune. you're familiar with Dune, right? I, no, no, I'm not. I never had any interest in it, and they both – and it flopped so bad. It was one of the worst flops of the year that I just never bothered. Yeah. yeah. I, do know, I do know all about the worm now. But uh, it's one of those movies that I watched with my dad. Um, uh, sure. Because uh-huh, your dad is awesome. My dad is a – my dad is very into sci-fi horror, that type of stuff, and mm-hmm. and weird, like weird movies. So, um, so we watched this when I was a kid, and uh, I showed it. Dan and I watched it like right after we moved into the apartment because we had nothing else to do except just like chill and order Chinese food and like watch TV. 
So uh, we watched it and watched uh, reviewed it for the show, and mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely uh, it's still Special. fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, I love your show. I haven't been able to listen to it in a while just because you know with shit that's going on. But the last one I heard was Groundhog Day, and you guys did a you guys did a great job of it because I discovered this is why Kristen and I are friends. That deep down inside, that spiritually, we both knew that we both hated Andy McDowell, even though we never <laughs> talked about it. That is correct. I can't stand her. She's so boring. Oh, so boring. And just like, I don't understand, like, why these men are falling all over themselves to, like, chase after Andy McDowell and all for, of these For Blandy McBland. I don't get it. She's <laughs> just so sexy, guys. What? Uh-huh. That, she, and, I thought you were going to say Southern. She's just so <laughs> Southern, you guys. And uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. that's that's true. That's a true fact about Andy McDowell. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What else? I, and it was funny when I was when I was in my when I was taking the program at the uh, Esper Studio, we had a couple of people that were Southern, and whenever they were doing their exercises, like the the instructor would always be screaming at them, "Stop being Southern! <laughs> Make a choice. Pick an emotion. You're not you're afraid of offending people. I don't yeah. go to the theater to watch people not be offended." <laughs> It's just like them trying to be extra polite, like surface level polite with each other. Uh huh. Trying to be nice. Uh huh. Aren't you the nice. sweetest thing? Which means you're a huge cunt. Because yeah, I, I phrase it as a question and the answer might be no. But I didn't mm-hmm. say that. I know the game. I was married to Mr. Brad for how long? I know this game. <laughs> That's right, Brad is Southern. That's right. Oh, he's, oh, he's big that. Southern. He's ultimate. He's Southern royalty for Christ's sake. <laughs> from the coca-cola dynasty but are we talking about him no but one thing i have to say since i have to say that i i don't want to you know i don't want to not offend people you guys are lucky to be back on my show oh yeah oh, oh yeah after you went on that other podcast and you totally slammed carrie for an hour and a half <gasps> <laughs> i had to turn it off because like okay, i won't be able to ever talk to them again um i believe that was Dan, who slammed Carrie. I love Carrie. Yeah, well, they, uh-huh, uh-huh. You helped, honey. You helped. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, too, was amazing. <laughs> Dan was very into the rage, Carrie, too. Right, sorry, the rage. You cool. know what? That movie's, that movie's better than it should be. It's yeah, good. It, Dan loves it. Because what's her name? Emily Burgle is fantastic oh, in the fake yeah. Carrie role. She's fantastic. <laughs> she so is. Good. And a Broadway yeah. actress. I've seen her in many things. It's one of those movies that I'm like, oh, if this was on, I'd leave it on. Like Carrie 2, I'd, I'd leave it on. It's silly. It's silly and fun. Uh-huh. Carrie 1, I wanna, I'm like, ooh, I love this. So, <sighs> mm-hmm. And I like the book. I actually really enjoyed the book a lot. The book I liked a lot. What's a yeah. book? <laughs> it's 2018. What's a book? I don't know. Anyway, are we talking about Carrie? No, we're here to talk about the 1973 movie that is considered by many to be the Citizen Kane of horror movies and has been called the ultimate British cult film. And I'm talking about 1970s, 1973's The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. Now, I'm going to toss this off to Kristen. Okay. I'm going to toss off to Kristen is what I just said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, that's how we met. <laughs> that's the British way to say it, it as well, isn't it? Uh-huh. Off. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to do that, but that is how we met. I was sitting there in a class, that, that awful class, and I was so bored and frustrated because that guy kept, like, <laughs> yeah, that awful guy wouldn't sit down, and, and, and I just masturbated. And she was like, hi, I'm Kristen. Hey. I was like, do you hate this too? Because I sure do. And we both <laughs> masturbated. It was great. We got our frustrations out. It was fantastic. But, so, 
Since you guys are the guests, it is your job to give a 30-second plot summary to the Wicker Man. Mm. And I'm going to ask Kristen to do it because what always happens, like Kristen starts and then Dan mansplains the rest of it for her. <laughs> hey! Accurate. So I'm going to muzzle Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the muzzle we usually keep just for ourselves, but uh, I believe we can share it with everybody today. So, <laughs> <laughs> And so, Kristen, please tell me, what's the Wicker Man about? Okay. No Wicker spoilers. Um, focuses on a um, holier-than-thou Christian um, police officer who is sent an anonymous letter about the disappearance of a young girl on a secluded island off the coast of Scotland called Summer Isle, where they have some very strange uh, pagan religious practices. So this police officer goes over to Summer Isle to investigate and finds a lot more than he bargained for. Well done. Thank you. And you did it with no help. No help. Yeah. Should we unmuzzle him or should we just leave him? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can unmuzzle him. <laughs> so we're going to have to put that back on later after this call is finished. Uh-huh. So. So, so do you know why you guys are here talking about this particular movie? Why I picked you? Because um, we talked about this. Like we, we sort of started to get into this like a while back. You, wait, the very first time you guys were on talking about Mute Witness, when I said what you guys were up to, you guys just said that you just watched The Wicker Man, but you watched the Nicolas Cage one. Yeah. And I explained why this one's better. And when I told you that it was a musical, you didn't believe me, Kristen. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I was wrong. I was mistaken. <laughs> this movie, literally everything. It's. I mean... It's a mystery. It's a horror movie. It's a fantasy. It's kind of a black comedy. It's a satire. And it's a full-blown musical. Yeah. It's it's got a lot of layers. That's for sure. Although, I suppose if it was on stage, it would be more a play with music. Yeah, probably. But still, total musical. And it baffles people. I love it. People that... We'll get into some of the history of the movie because there's a long sort of history. I've watched a lot of documentaries this week since I know the movie backwards and forwards. But... Let's go. Now, you guys were fortunate enough to get the extended version. There's like a million cuts of this movie out because when, after it was finished, and they sent it to the British studios, the two main studios that if you're going to get screened in Britain, you have to be approved by these two, they watched it and said, what the fuck is this? (laughs) No, thanks, but no, no, no. So they sent copies to America, like to Roger Corman and a whole bunch of other studios, and they said, yeah, okay, and they cut like 40 minutes from it, and it made no sense, and it flopped. Wow. Yeah. So this is the restored version. There's still tons and tons of stuff missing, but if you notice in this version, like this film quality goes in and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Because when it goes out, that's the scene from like restored negatives that were a zillion times. I guess we're going to get into the history of it now, just because what happened was, after that, they tried to revive it, and some film historian was like, well, we got to get the full version of this. Mm-hmm. And they contacted the studio, British Line Studio. And they said, okay, we'll leave it out for you. But, oh, oopsie, we accidentally put the negatives in the wrong pile and they went to the dump, to the incinerator. What? So the original copy was destroyed. Oh, my God. However, it turns out the hero of the day is legendary film director and producer of every trash movie ever made, Mr. Roger Corman was like, um, I still have a copy. (laughs) 
So they were able to restore a lot of it. And it, what I love about this, this, the cast in this is fantastic. Yeah. Just starting at the top with the legendary Mr. Christopher Lee. Yes, Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was in a Star Wars, wasn't he? He was, he was a Star Wars person, right? He was, was a Star Wars, yeah. He was a Star Wars. And um, he was also a Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also Dracula. Oh, he was a Dracula? Yeah, he was a Dracula. Yeah, he was the Hammer Studio Dracula go-to in the 60s. Yeah. And that's why he did this movie. He's like, I got to stop doing Dracula. <laughs> oh, right, right. He wanted this to like be a, his more serious. Right. And as an FYI, out of his 280 film credits, this is the performance and the movie he's most proud of. Yeah. Yeah, Incredible. I read that. And it's amazing to me. Because like, this guy recorded a heavy metal album. So I'm sort of like, <laughs> wait, this is it? Because... Like, you recorded a metal album, and you were also in Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. What this a life, and worked, worked till the day he died. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I just, I think that people like that are, who just, like, work and work and, like, love what they do and just work for, like, until the day they die, like, drop dead doing the thing that they love. I mm-hmm. just think that that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love that he was one of the people who did it and always produced a quality product. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. cool about this is that, when it got re-released in its full version, they still had trouble getting anybody to run it. Like, drive-ins would pick it up and it would be the second choice on the double feature. Mm-hmm. He went on a publicity tour and would show up at people's drive-ins. Really? Uh-huh. And, and to promote the movie. Isn't it true that he, all like, this movie had such a low budget that he and a couple of other actors said, like, you know, you don't need to pay us? I don't know about that, but the budget was $50,000. <laughs> wow. Wow. Which, even for 1973 terms, is nothing. That's not a lot of money. So, I mean, you can kind of tell. But at the same time, I'm still pretty impressed. Uh-huh. Because, you know? I mean, the cast itself, I mean, you've got two Bond girls in it. Yeah. you got uh, Ingrid Pitt, who was in every damn Hammer movie ever made, and Edward, Edward Woodard in the lead role, who was the king of the RSC at the time. So those the salaries and alone Eklund is like yeah, the, yeah. the um well, she was, naked, 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 naked. Yes, yeah, super naked boobs. Uh, there's more on that, but she I lumped her in with I lumped her in with the Bond girls. Ah, you know what I love about her? She was married to Peter Sellers. Was she really? Uh huh. Not for long, but I said, what a wonderful pairing. Yeah. That the hottest girl on the because she was the go-to hot girl of the time, like she was <laughs> ultimate pinup girl, and she winds up with this goofy-looking comic guy. It's always the way. It's like Rick Ocasek from The Cars married to is still married to uh, some famous supermodel. Paulina, uh, I believe, was a, he was married to. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Poroskova, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Dan's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Those are names. Those, are, are you just sitting here like you don't know who any of them No, Dan's like, this, he's like, that's my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh-huh. Aww. Except you're both hot, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> True. Thank you. True. I told you I have my eye on you, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Dan was like, Dan was a stud backstage at that play. People were just like, "Hello, friend." And yeah. I, and like me, clueless. Oh, hello, everyone. Yeah. Hi. Wow. Wow. Everyone's really friendly. <laughs> Actors are so friendly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we have no ulterior motives whatsoever. <laughs> no, ne- never, never. Subtexted actors? Are you crazy? <laughs> So, yeah, the version you got is quite a bit longer than even the, the ones that they run, like the one that's running on Shutter right now and they put up on Amazon longer because I like this version better. It goes a little bit deeper. Like the 
most popular version starts with him arriving at the island. Huh. Uh, All right. That's yeah. No, that's good that they, they have, that there's more of that. I was gonna I was gonna ask like what what was cut? Uh, lots of stuff and lots. Of stuff. The other thing is that apparently there's even more stuff that disappeared that a. Christopher Lee, till his dying day, insisted that the head of Br- British Line Studios buried under a highway somewhere. Wow. Mm. Yeah, He's I, like, I know he did it. I know he did it. I can't prove it. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought this was... Ver- I, like, I actually kind of expected this to be a bit more of a mess. And it's actually very cohesive in terms of like the storyline and being able to follow what's going on and the religious through line and uh-huh. so on and so forth. I like, I, I really liked it. Yeah. I, we both actually were, were like really into it and we're like, well, yeah, I was hoping you like it because I had to make up for that damn cat movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a love it or hate it movie. Yeah. And it gets better. If it, it gets better with repeated watchings, you notice more stuff. I'm sure. Because the density like, detail is. This, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is also weird seeing the <laughs> the new version of it with oh. Nick Cage. Yeah. And uh-huh. like uh-huh. knowing what's eventually going to happen yeah. in the end. Yeah. This time it was like, oh, well, if we if I didn't know what was going to happen, I would have been like, whoa, holy crap. Like this would have blown my mind back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in a way that like. Well, not in a way, but definitely the Nicolas Cage version is like a massive spoiler Ooh. for what's going on. <sighs> and it's like... And it's, a, it's so much worse. And it's so much worse. I mean, the choices that, that... I was excited because who's the playwright who wrote it? Neil Butte. Yeah, right? Neil Butte is a rather misogynistic writer, but still brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I was expecting it to be great. And then it came out and I was like, what are you doing? I mean, right from the beginning, I'm like, okay, so we substituted his love of God for a love of pills. Mm-hmm. And now the missing girl is his daughter. Yeah. And it's this women's society, and all the women are overtly evil. Yeah. Because <laughs> what yeah. I love about this... And the men don't talk. Yeah, yeah. What I loved about this is that people are relatively friendly. Yeah. Yeah. This seemed like a perfectly functioning society that just had a different religious view uh-huh. that, that everyone seemed to share and be okay with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everyone here, this works. Yeah. Yeah. The, all of that religious stuff, like I thought that was so, like that was my favorite part of the whole thing is that it, his he's kind of like he's busting in there and kind of being a dick, being like I'm the law and I you know and oh what you're doing is is uh, it's unforgivable and it's ungodly it's and they're like according to what God like uh-huh. we have our own gods like this is and they were like they were more than polite to him the entire time he was there oh yeah. And, Oh, not yeah. like the murder part, but you know. Well, they were super like, polite to him. They answered all of his questions, and they gave him every opportunity to get out of it. They yes, gave him multiple times. Like, buddy, you should probably not be here for the big ceremony. Mm. All, yeah. all you have to do is go into that other room and bone this gorgeous girl, and the deal's off. Yeah, that's right? true. She was always sort of like, "Come to me," and uh-huh. you know my. my and if detective. not, if not, there was naked women around all the time. There was that lady in the tub at one point that he walked in on. Yeah. Who wasn't like, "Oh my god, I'm naked in the tub." She's like, "Hey, hey, what's up?" Yeah. See, the problem was, I realized, was that none of the men hit on him. Mm. When you're that pious and uptight, what does that usually mean? <laughs> you're hiding something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had had that's the, true. Had the innkeeper hit on him, right? Because the innkeeper, I mean, was a little swish. He was yeah. a little swish. I don't know. I don't know where Willow came from, but he says yeah. it's a daughter. 
you know, I mean, he could he could be open to lots of different Absolutely. It seems like Summer Island is a place to explore yourself. Exactly. Where it's totally okay. And I love at the beginning of the movie, right from the beginning, they're like, we'd like to thank the people of Summer Isle for their cooperation in making of this movie. There is no Summer Isle. Yeah, okay, right, okay. Because I was, I was going to ask you about that because I pointed that out to Dan and I was like, um, I, I think this is a fake intro card. I don't think that that's real. There what? are, there are a, a, a set of islands called the Summer Isles, Summer Isles, but they're spelled with a U and it's not them. Right. Yeah. But there is no a bunch s- of those little weird little clusters of islands off of Scotland. Which I think the Isle of Skye, which we've been to, is one of them. Like, yes. I think that's considered part of the Summer Isles. Because, mm. like, basically they all, like, I mean, that the Summer Isles are, like, the vacation spot because it's gorgeous over yeah. on the uh, western, like, northwestern coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in Ireland, I was in Ireland, and I was in uh, 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 Salt Hill, and there's, that's where all, there's a bunch of islands you can go out to, and they're like, oh, yeah, and that one has a population of three. I'm like, I'm not going there. Mm-mm. No, mm-mm. <laughs> That's that's where that's where you get burned on top of a mountain. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> happen. But well, uh, and um, oh, what was I going to say? When we were in Scotland, we met someone who um, they taught. Wasn't one of them a teacher? They talked about how, like, in basically in the seventies, there was all of these. Oh, that's what it was. We stayed in a castle. Spit that it out. While... Sorry. <laughs> um, we stayed in a castle that um, for a while was a dorm for uh-huh. uh, students who lived in these super remote islands because there were, you know, there's no schools there. Right. So they would come and stay on, you know, in, yeah. you know the yeah. main island of Makes Scotland sense. because it was all just way too remote. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. I get that. Uh yeah, and the thing is that one of the reasons why I like these because I got into an argument on someone on Facebook on why this this some of this extra footage is nonsense, and I hate the opening scene. It spoils everything. And I said for me, two things happen. One, if he just shows up at the island, you only hear about the letter. No, he, he just yeah. shows up. He's like, "Oh, it's the girl missing." You don't yeah. know it was some anonymous letter, which for some reason makes it better for me. You also don't see him at church, which is like a big part of it. Uh-huh. Essential. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't make as much sense if you didn't already know like, oh, he's pretty pious. And uh-huh. he's going to think that all this like free loving pagan nonsense is like really, really, you know, fucked up in his eyes. Uh-huh. Like that you need to know that. Yeah. Because yeah. also it doesn't make any sense. Like why would they target him? Indivi- like specifically if you didn't already have some kind of context of like oh this guy is like real pious yeah and a virgin and a big which was v. a thing that we didn't really know until the end of the movie I don't think they mentioned it's mentioned at the virgin. beginning those two other cops he walks into them in the locker uh, room and they were talking about like oh he's never he, they made some uh, joke about him never doing anything with her and he yelled at God. them but uh, what the other thing that I love in this is a little bit of irony and foreshadowing he gets the letter, and he, also this also shows that it's targeted. The other way, when he just shows up at the island, it could have been a call to the police. They could have sent anybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But this one, he's like, oh, it's from Summer Island. They're famous for their apples, and evidently they're, you know, they all are pagan. And they have terrible, terrible licensing laws. So you know, it's awful. Everyone is out there singing and dancing on Sunday. I'm like, honey, you are in for so much worse than singing and dancing on Sunday. <laughs> 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 if that was the high bar for debauchery. Yeah. For this dude, you are going to have an eye-opening weekend, sir. Which is also a crazy thing that that was real. 
Like that was a real thing in Scotland where you couldn't go to the bar or drink or sing or any of that crap on a Sunday in like the 20th century. Uh, yeah. It was like that here too. Maybe not the bars, but on Sunday in the 70s, all the stores were closed. Yeah. Right. That's Everything. True. Yeah. For God. I mean, I, I would imagine there's parts of this country where it's still like that sure. in certain areas. Sure. Chick-fil-A. Well. Always a close on Sunday for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Pittsburgh, I don't think you can buy booze on Sunday. A lot of places you can. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, yeah. you can't. How do they live? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> Stock it up. <laughs> during the week. Yeah. That's, why you have a, that's why you have those fallout shelters. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, what's, that's how the whole survivalist thing started. Like, we got we, we to stock up for booze. What if the apocalypse happens? We need more booze. You got to have that one loose floorboard <laughs> that you just step on and pops up, and you got a little space underneath where you just store all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. I just remember seeing this for the first time. And something about when the credits were rolling and the plane is flying and that song is playing, I was like, this is amazing already. It was upon a llama's night when corn rigs are bonny. Beneath the moon's unclouded light, I held a while to Annie. The time went by with careless heed till tween the late and early. With small persuasion she agreed to see me through the barley. Corn rigs and barley rigs and corn rigs are bonny. I'll not forget that happy night among the rigs with Annie. I don't know where we're going, but this mood is so opposite what I would think. But it's like 70s cheesy folk music, yet it's stirring the right thing. Apparently the song itself that they're singing is from the 16th century. Right, yeah. I read that too, that it's like actually an old uh, folk song from like back in the day. And for some reason, that cushioned the blow that there's going to be a lot of music in this. (laughs) I was mildly disturbed by the... uh... (laughs) <laughs> Innkeeper's Daughter song? Much has been said of the strumpets of yore Of wenches and baldy house queens by the score But I sing of the baggage that we all adore The landlord's daughter You'll never love another Although she's not the kind of girl to take home To your mother <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> and the way people were just like shoving their penis at her during the song. Uh-huh. I was like, hmm, all right. Well, this is an interesting choice of choreo. Uh, <laughs> well, she's their she's their Aphrodite. They even call her that. Christopher Lee yeah. calls her that. She's the one you bring your sons to. Yeah. She's going to make a man out of them. Which is another fucking amazing scene. Yeah. I put my hand on her. And she says, do you want to see? I put my hand on her breast. And she says, do you want a kiss? Gently, 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 Johnny. Gently, Johnny, my Jingle. Gently, 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 Johnny. Gently, 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 Johnny. 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 G
But the fact that the whole bar is there singing it and they're all looking at the ceiling the whole time, the whole community is involved in the yeah, yeah. in the deflowering of this boy becoming a man, so to speak. And I said, I was on both sides, I can see both sides of it like freaky and I'm also going, that's also kind of nice. being like like it was a very sex positive community oh yeah so well yeah you just walk outside people are fucking in the field for Christ's sake everywhere yeah yeah that's like that is like when the first night that he's there you see that it's just they're outside this is what's happening bonin they're just like hey hey brother oh hey buddy yeah what's going on and he must have been like yeah <laughs> but that's missing from a lot of cuts too oh I, I see. I think you need all of these things because they add to the general like weirdness, but also sort of the um, they they give you lots of information yeah. about the community yeah. and yeah. how and how they how it works and how everyone is in it together as like one big sort of happy family. Yeah. Like I read that the director wanted this to be different than other horror movies at the time, where he didn't want a lot of blood, he didn't want a lot of violence. He just wanted it to be like thoroughly unsettling until the turn yeah and it's like that's what you need all of this other stuff for like it's you know no one is being raped they're no. having sex they're all being they're, they're all having a great time yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's only our main character who's so di- disturbed and unsettled by this and and we are too we're just sort of shocked by it because it does literally come out of the darkness yeah but it's yeah and it's oh by the way there's a girl there's a naked woman on a grave holding an egg <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. Which apparently is a legitimate fertility right. Yes, I read that too. Yeah. That she was trying to have another baby, so she was sitting there holding the egg in her hand to try and like make a, you know, make a prayer for um for uh, increased fertility so she could have another baby. Which is a recurring theme throughout this. <laughs> and so the girl is missing is Rowan Morrison. All he has mm-hmm. is a picture of her, and he gets there, and nobody seems to know her. Nobody. And I had to look it up, because I know Rowan is a tree. Yeah. I want to see, what does that mean in pagan terms? The Rowan tree is supposed to be the portal to the underworld. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just interesting. Every, 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 I noticed everybody is named after trees or plants or flowers on yep. this island. What I love about it, when you watch it more, just to see how layered the conspiracy of it all is. How committed every single person is. Yeah. To keeping this guy in the dark. How they're all just more than happy to deny knowing this girl, yet completely leaving evidence of her existence out on purpose. Mm-hmm. The only person who seems to be not at all bothered by this, in the least, is her mother. Like, the woman who's, who plays her mother is just like some sort of... I thought it was the woman from Keeping Up Appearances for a while but then I looked it up and it's not she's just like she's so very much like just your average middle aged British woman uh-huh. that like I was like and she was just so mm, 
no. Oh, but that's no. like, <clears throat> but that's like part of it, though, right? Like, if you were a cop, you, the first thing you would go like, and you're looking for a missing girl, you would expect the mother to be like, "Oh my god, my baby, blah my blah." Baby, and, my baby. and the fact that she's not just automatically puts him on the back foot. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Although that's explained very nicely later on by Miss Rose, the school teacher. Mm-hmm. That she's just not. She's not dead. She's not alive. So she, that's why we don't know her anymore. She's just gone. She's gone to something else. Yeah. And I said, so, okay, so the girl is not dead and not alive at the same time. So she's Schrodinger's Rowan. <laughs> she's in a box somewhere. <laughs> I think she's in a box. She's that beetle in the box. <laughs> she is that beetle in the box. Mm-hmm. Well, that was also- weird. I love the beetle in the box because I thought that the stupid crow was like that they were going to do that again. I was like, oh, this beetle is way more disturbing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like that the little girl was like, I like watching him go around in a circle. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, then why do you do it, child? Oh, it's a poor thing. Because I think it kills itself after a while if it keeps going around and around. Yeah, probably. There's got to be something about that. Uh, something again. Uh, Talking about that in some pagan rituals somewhere, right? I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I, I mean, I looked up Beatles on strings, and apparently, it's a very cruel children's game. A oh. very cruel children's game, like setting ants on fire with a, with your glasses or something like that, or stepping on fireflies so you can see the the yellow stuff glow on the sidewalk or something. See, children were awful forever. It's not just video games. Nope. Uh-huh. Nope. 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 Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I love that this movie was set in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I thought that, like, there was something there, about that that brought me so much fucking joy. Is there, like, a personal connection having gone there and just been like, yeah, this this feels accurate. Yeah, because, like, when we went there and we walked around, like, because we, we went to Ireland a few years back and had a wonderful, magical, like, life-changing experience sure. in Ireland. And one of the things that we really noticed is that the, the people in Ireland are very friendly and very talkative and they want to know your story and they want to tell you theirs. Uh-huh. And they're, they're very, like, happy to know that you're, oh, you're American and you're visiting and they want to, like, chit-chat with you. The Scots don't give a, the Scottish don't give a fuck about that. Like, <laughs> they don't give a fuck that you're in their country. Like, they're just sort of like, mm, all right, you're here. Like, well, they're not rude, but at the same time, they really just don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about that. They don't give a fuck about the rain. Like, they nope. just walk straight face into, a rain, into like, a rainstorm with, like, without flinching. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a hard, like, they're, they're sort of like a, a harder, in, more interesting, stoic people uh-huh. from what we saw. Yeah, uh-huh. so the idea of having, like, a whole town that's not really that interesting, like, they're not going to be rude to him, they're going to be perfectly pleasant, but they're also not going to give away more information than the absolute bare necessity no, in this conversation. No, because we need him, otherwise he wouldn't be allowed to be there. You need a yeah. permit to go there. Yeah. That's what the guy said. He's like, nope, when he's like, when he's like throw me the diggy, which made me laugh. Bring me the diggy. I said, hee because I'm 12. <laughs> and he said, digging the guy said, No, you need a permit. No, you need permission. Nope, 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 nope. But of course they need him. Well, like the Otherwise they're like, gonna lose their 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 favorite virgin. Yeah, exactly. Um in the Nicolas Cage version, the island is off of like where? Like Sedona. Maine or something like that? Because all bad things happen in Maine. Haven't you learned anything from Stephen King? Is it all is Absolutely. It Maine? I don't remember, but it's I don't like, remember either. It's a New England like area and i was like i don't i just think remember that's a thing yeah i just remember him being like a california highway po- cop like <sighs> on a on a motorcycle uh-huh so i, I 
and his head was on fire. Oh wait, wrong movie. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but like wherever the island was supposed to be in the Nicolas Cage version, I was like, this is highly improbable that Mm -hmm. this there would be a cluster of islands off of the coast of California. I mean, there probably are plundered for our own. Yeah, I mean, there there probably are. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know geography. Whatever. Who cares? But it's it's the Nicolas Cage version. Also, like the, the, I mean, I know the Nicolas Cage version. We're not reviewing that one, but the fact that he is like a, supposed to be allergic to bees uh-huh. was like it's like oh, it's going to be so tense because this island is full of bees. It's like that's a, such a dumb surface level way of creating tension. Uh-huh. Whereas this having people be genuinely nice to him and yet at the same time totally feeling sinister. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, it was so much better. Yeah, he's capable. Yeah, because the only thing separating these people are their beliefs. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Because unlike the yeah. Nicolas Cage version, where they're all dressed like it's you know a Renaissance fair or whatever, this they're just they're just regular people. Yeah. Right. Anybody you run into on the street on any other you know town little town in Scotland, they're exactly the people that you'd see, except with this yeah. different belief system yeah. that they're all very committed to. Yeah. There was a delightful number of kilts in this, which I was like, yes. You never see enough kilts in no, you don't. movies, you don't. in my opinion. No. Or just in life in general. No, no, no. Um, so I was like, yes, I love that they're, I love that this is part of it. However, Christopher Lee is very, <laughs> very much just like English. So. Well, yeah, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of that there where I was like, um. Well. Okay. That was kind of a problem with most of the leads because, uh, okay, he's British. Right. Ingrid Pitt, I think, is of German, or at least partly German. Britt Eklund is Swedish. And the other one uh, who played the school teacher, whose name I always forget, was Polish and had those accents. Britt Eklund is completely dubbed. Okay. She is, okay. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to bring that up. Like, I, that blew my mind that she has a dub not only for her speaking voice, but someone in totally different for her singing voice. What I thought was interesting, so, okay, since we're here, <laughs> what I think is interesting that they got someone to dub her voice who couldn't sing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. But I don't mind it. For some reason, it all works. It makes, like, odd dissonant chords with the music, yeah, with, with the underscoring, it feels real. It like, feels like a person. it feels like a person just singing a folk song instead of like I'm a singer pretending to be a normal person just singing a folk song.
it. I think it, I thought it added something to it, and it actually kind of makes it creepy because she's like, she's committed to it. Like when she's uh-huh. when she's doing it, even though she's you know dubbed over. But uh-huh. um, like her whole big dance sequence, like she's she's in it, and she's not like she doesn't seem like someone who's being forced to um you know be naked in the scene like right, for exploitative yeah. reasons. This no. feels like. She's doing a ritualistic dance to try and seduce the virgin next door. Uh Uh-huh. It feels pretty real. Fun fact. She wasn't that committed to it. Curious to know. Because because during the shooting of this movie, Britt Eklund is pregnant. Right. That's right. Whenever you see her around, she's always got something over her stomach. So she's like, I'll do tits up, but you're going to have to... But that's it. And they brought in a body double to do everything else and didn't tell her. So when the movie came oh. out, she was pissed. She's like, that ass is too big to be mine. Really? Now everybody thinks oh. I have a big ass. She's like, I go to conventions and people bring me a picture of, my, of that ass to sign. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not signing it. Sorry. <gasps> oh my God, that's hysterical. And at this time, she was dating... Like- she was dating Rod Stewart, who again tried to get the movie, stop the movie from being released because he didn't want people to see his girlfriend naked. Really? Oh, <laughs> I, I read that there was a body double, and I was just and like the whole time I'm like, so where is this going to happen? Because those are clearly her boobs. Yeah. Yeah, just the butt. Got it. This just is the, butt. the most magical editing job ever done yeah. in uh-huh. a movie. Well, when now that I know, I see that the she is wearing a definite wig that does not match her hair either. But no, at that point, nobody's looking at her hair. Right. 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 Even the gay man is like that. This is amazing. <laughs> and also, since she, I did notice that she had a perfect bump in it. Like, wait, what? Yeah, she did. She did. She had a Jersey Shore bump in the back. She totally had. Yeah. <laughs> Which she did not have any other shots, but her being pregnant make her tits look even better. They're very pointy. They're very, they're very um, pert. That's definitely for sure. But this was actually based uh, partially on a novel from the 60s. uh, Certain aspects of it. Yeah, the ritual. There's not that much similarity except for apparently Lord Samurai's hair (laughs) is a carryover. And this scene with the seduction through the wall. And people have said, like, ah, oh, well, there's not really magic in this. You know, it's just the religion. I'm going, mm, I don't know about that. Because, but if you go to the source material, the detective on the other side is described as sweating like a faucet until he ejaculates against the wall. And the whole time he's licking the flowers off the wallpaper uncontrollably. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I gotta read this book. <laughs> yeah. The schnozberries take less schnozberries. <laughs> Perfect. No, Perfect. I love that scene. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it, it like the more I watch it, the more I like it because it just gets more creepy too because it's so gorgeous. And also, so many awesome artists have covered that song, Kristen. Have they really? Sneaker Pimps did it. A whole bunch of like, uh, like 90s uh, Lilith Fair type people. And I just found one. That is so damn gorgeous, I'm going to have to send you the video. Please do. Because I'm like, Kristen needs you to sing this. Song. Kristen needs to sing. Yeah. <laughs> sing how do. No, you got to sing it all flat like she just sing how do. <laughs> <laughs> the things I'll sing like, to honey, this you. This is not your key. We need to find you the right key, girl. No, this is the right key. It's written in a triple flat. They've made up new notes. 
<laughs> These are the notes to summon the evil spirits. No, I love all that stuff. I obviously supposed to be May Day. It's shot in November. Right. Right. They had to glue on like flowers and and then leaves and stuff. Uh-huh. And and you know, Britt Eklund was saying we were la- wearing so many layers under those clothes for the outdoor scenes, and they apparently had to keep ice in their mouth between shots to keep their breath from fogging up when the camera was rolling. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah. Whoever thought of that idea, good job. Yeah. Uh, some PA didn't get any credit for that, uh, that thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a scene at some point where, uh, oh, where Inspector Howie is riding a horse and buggy to the to Lord Summerisle's house. Yes. And he's riding through the apple field and there's all these pregnant women. Yes. Right. It's a brief scene in, in the apple orchard with all the little blossoms everywhere. On this documentary, he said they had about 15 of those trees since, of course, they're not in bloom. So they had all these fake apple trees. And he says, We're, I'm rolling down on, on, on the horse and buggy and passing the apple trees, but there are PAs grabbing them as I pass and running in front of the car. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. As, as, as the, the pan shot goes along. He says, I've never seen anything like this. This is the wildest thing I've ever worked on. Am I wrong in thinking that in that scene he rides by some palm trees? Yes. Yeah. That was one of those things when I first saw it, when I first noticed the palm trees, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It turns out that they do grow in Scotland. What? They do grow there. See, I thought that might have been part of the mystique of Summer Isle and its ability to bear fruit. For me, it still is. For me, it still is. I'm like, there shouldn't be this many fucking palm trees. It's wrong. <laughs> That's weird. They're actually That's in so Scotland. That's so weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I was definitely creeped out. I was like, what? Are we in Florida? All of a sudden? Like, we got all these palm trees? <laughs> it was a really, it was a really long horse and buggy trip. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, and I just, I love that he's just walking through the May Day celebration, the pre-May Day celebration, when he's on the way to the school to ask about Rowan. <laughs> he's like, oh, look at the kids making a maypole. He gets to the school, they're like, it's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, nowhere you go on this island is not dripping in sex. Like, they were having, like, a very serious talk about the rituals and stuff like that in the schoolhouse where they're like, yes, this is a symbol. Like, blah, blah, blah. Phallic symbol. Phallic symbol. Phallic symbol. It it was... Uh-huh. I, I was very, very big on the way that this community was approaching teaching sex to the young people. Absolutely. Okay, may, oh, maybe not worshipping a big one outside with ribbons on it with a big wreath on it that I guess is supposed to be a vagina at the top. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that there's any connection between the beetle going around the nail and the maypole. Yes, sure. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> thanks, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, the only thing I could find about that was that it's a cruel children's game. Yeah. They're just to be creepy in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that the kids are, the kids are, the kids that they picked for this are all such, and the young people in general that you see in the bar are just like such well scrubbed, bright faces, sweetest little things. Yeah. And everything, yet everything they do is creepy. That first scene where he's talking to the little girl that's Rowan's sister, mm-hmm. and she's coloring 
the hair. Right. The drawing of the hair. And she's like, oh, yeah, Rowan's fine. She's out in the fields. She plays all day. She's great. Rowan's a hair. <laughs> you sneaky little bitch. <laughs> you know damn like, well she's not. Dan was deeply disturbed by the fact that this mother was perfectly fine just leaving her daughter alone with a strange man yeah, in a room. You just met this dude who <laughs> flew in on a plane who like has like a what looks like a dollar store uniform. <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm just gonna leave it. It's fine. Yeah, sure. I'm just gonna well, close this door. Well, sure, of course she already knows that he's a virgin, so what's he gonna do? <laughs> Right. Hey, if yeah, he fucks my daughter, like, if he if he fucks my daughter, he'll live. Yeah. Even if she's six, that was a terrible thing to say. I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a terrible thing to say. And how all the kids just lie blatantly in the school with those happy sign faces? No, we don't know her. Never heard of her. Yeah. But oops, oops, she's on the school roster. Whoops, we forgot to take that off. No, you didn't. That's yeah. That I keep. It, you're right. I, no, you I do want to watch this again because you you pick up those things like, oh, of course. It's like, oh no, oops, and we left this little bit of evidence. I guess you need to stick around and investigate yeah, more. This uh-huh. island is like they're in. They're all in cahoots to yeah. just like give them a little kernel and like then take it away. Yeah. He's like, at, at no point does he say, thing. "I'm calling it." I'm calling other people. No, I have to solve this myself. Right. As I remember I said that to you when we were watching this. I was yeah. like, buddy, your arrogance is going to be your undoing yeah. here. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was just like, at the one point when he tries to leave, like, it, 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 he comes back and he he's he's just kind of miserable to them from the very beginning. And I'm sort of like, you can't catch more flies with honey, buddy. Like, Wrong movie! Be so- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like, he was really just kind of pissy to them from the very beginning. Like Javert in uh, Les Miserables. Like, right. It's so, like so rigidly focused on your own task that you can't see the humanity surrounding it, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting that that it, it was such a clear um, part of his character that that was what like brought him down at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know people like that. <laughs> Don't we all? Yep. Some of them are running this country. Uh-huh. <laughs> Personally, just so just so you guys know, since I'm older than you guys, if I die before you, please make sure that my tombstone says something about the ejaculations of serpents on it. You got it. <laughs> done and done. And I love that whole scene in the graveyard, too, that he's just so horrified. He's like, where's your priest? Where's your minister? Yeah, and he needs to make a cross. Like a shitty cross out of some like, random wood that is laying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, from the very beginning, he's really shitty about these people's, like, religious practices. Like, it's really, it's awful. But I loved it. I, what The religious practices and their consistency throughout the movie were, like, my most favorite part. Like, uh-huh. um, like the mo- Mother Morrison putting the toad in the little girl's mouth, yep. being like, all right, so you've got a sore throat. You suck on this toad. This is what happens. And, like, she was very matter-of-fact about it, talking like it was just totally, uh-huh. like, this is what we do. Uh-huh. These are our practices. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, even right from the beginning, when, he, when you first see the window of her shop, before you even meet her, there's a fucking chocolate wicker man in the window. <gasps> oh, I missed that. Oh, oh we got to watch we gotta watch it again. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of chocolate bunnies, which is not that surprising, except yeah. that of course in the pagan pagan religions, it's the symbol of rebirth and fertility and resurrection. Yeah. So this total, it's all pagan stuff, and like there's there's a certain point later on in the movie where you see a bunch of kids walking with a doll that's all wrapped up. We carry mm-hmm. death yeah. out of the village. We carry death. There's a chocolate yeah. death. 
as well. So there's Chocolate Death and Chocolate Wicker Man. It's all just it's just like any other fucking holiday anywhere else. Completely commercial commercialized. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I, it just it, I, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought it was fucking rad. I loved the whole thing and all of those little different things that sort of made it, it, it like all part of a cohesive narrative, especially after watching Dune, where there is no cohesive <laughs> narrative. Mm-hmm. It was refreshing to watch the Wicker Man and be like, oh, so this is how you tell a story. Got it. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's so shocked by those naked girls out in the field jumping oh. over the flame. Take the flame inside you, run and run I love but Christopher Lee has my favorite line of the movie. Was it the girls they're jumping over a fire and they're naked? He's like, well you can't really expect people to jump over a fire with the clothes on, it's way too dangerous. We thought this through, buddy. And so what? They're naked. Of course I'm thinking those poor girls, it's nine degrees. Yeah, oh god. Uh, I mean granted that you could see that since they were kids they had like leotards on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was wondering about that because I was like, they don't, they, they definitely have something on because they're eleven. You know. Yeah, yeah, because they're youngsters. Uh huh. Trying to get that flame up into pussy so they can have a baby later on. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, to yeah. have a spontaneous birth. That's what they were saying. <laughs> like, we're, they're hoping to get pregnant from the flame. Oh. And he's like, that's sick. And Lord Summer, I was like, uh, don't you have a little virgin that got pregnant by an angel somewhere in your in your mythology? Mm hmm. Pretty much the same yeah. thing, bucko. Yeah. Ugh. It's just such a cleverly baited trap that yeah, they even psychological. they do the Agatha Christie thing where people have conversations too loud, like yeah. just out of sight for him. <laughs> done on purpose. Yeah, right? it's done on purpose. Yep. It's because that's when he that's when he brought the the girl, the boy, to Willow. Lord Summerall's like, and you don't. It's best he's not around tomorrow. Yes, yes, for the day of death and rebirth. Yep. There's This reminded me... Uh, Patrick, did you see Mother? Yes. So this reminded reminds me a little bit of that, in a way, where in, that, in the end of Mother, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but like that's where I was like, oh, okay, all of this nonsense crap, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh-huh. makes sense. This, uh, I knew, because I know where it's going, I was like, oh, I can see all these little, like, breadcrumbs being, like, tossed along. Uh-huh. But I know if I had seen this originally, I'd been like, this is kind of dumb. You guys are talking real loud in front of him. Uh-huh. Like, you think he's not going to figure this out? Oh, you oh you want him to figure this out. Uh-huh. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And You're playing with him. They even go so far. Willow and Lord Star and her dad go so far as to curse him with a hand of glory so that he sleeps through the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Which Which, he then promptly wakes up and like extinguishes. Yeah. Like almost immediately. Yeah. That scene is missing in a lot of cuts too. And apparently there was a whole hallucinogenic dream sequence that has gone forever. That the hand of glory. uh, The, the uh, composer for the soundtrack was saying, I spent three weeks (laughs) writing that and it's just gone. But yeah, so they, they're, they've given him every damn opportunity. Every day. And then again, it's like, well, I'm just going to be over here putting on my punch costume. You just go on without me. I'll be here with my back turned. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, 
he genuinely thought that that was clever, the thing that he was doing. And it's like, buddy, they've been doing this on purpose. So that way, like, they've been... They've been guessing your every move oh. and getting you to participate in this. So since we haven't really touched in, what's go we're not giving away the ending. What's happening? Where's Rowan? Why is Rowan missing? Well, why he thinks Rowan is dead because of the letter. But right, 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 along right. the way, he figures out that Rowan is probably somewhere alive still on the island. And she is going to be uh, sacrifice. sacrificed why? during this festival why and he's like well i'm gonna save her oh why that's what i'm getting because to we haven't touched that at all <laughs> that's true right so this island is known for all of its you know it's uh, apple crop it's well, apple crop and, well yeah not, it's particularly the apples but just and also stuff that's not supposed to grow here right and so last year when we're in the bar we see that there's photos of every year where there's really great harvest and this past year is missing Ooh. and then he finds the uh the negative somewhere like the I forget the, where he the, finds uh, the the, the photographer there's a guy there's the old guy who takes pictures who also has a shop that sells yeah. jars of foreskins Right yep. right Those were the fidget spinners right. of 1973 Everybody had to have a foreskin just to you know, fidget with um, and so he <laughs> finds the old photograph, and the photograph is use it as a scrunchie. A Sorry, of, uh, <laughs> use it as a scrunchie. Oh God, Patrick! Patrick, waste not one, not. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. Hold on. Let me just clean this vomit up a little bit. <laughs> um, I didn't. I, I could have gone with jerky, but I didn't. Oh. oh. That's what they did with the umbilical cord. That's what was hanging from Rowan's. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> umbilical, umbilical cord jerky. Hmm. Is that what that was? Crunch. Yeah. Crunching. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Someone's been working on their Paul Lynn imitation since he's last been here. <laughs> oh, yes. He's gotten it down, too. It's pretty yeah. good. You got it. Well done. So, I'm so uh, proud. I'm gushing. Yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> So this past year was a really bad harvest, and so he looks up in the library that typically when there is a bad harvest in the pagan ritual, that they or in pagan tradition, that they need to have a ritual sacrifice of a virgin in order to appease the gods and have a good harvest. Right, right. There's normally a sacrifice anyway, but normally it's animals. Yes. Mm -hmm. But this is a special case, and it will normally be like, um, you know, a person of power or the town's most beloved virgin. So he's figuring, oh my God, that's why. And that person, that the sacrifice E might be hidden away for months beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. That so that's, he's like that. Good. So he's, he's searching all over the island. And one of the scenes I love too, that we that we uh, didn't cover. He's trying to find out, you know, the, the school teacher tells him that Ro explains that Rowan's dead, but we don't mm -hmm. think in those terms here. And he wants to know how she dies, and nobody knows, and he's trying to find her death certificate and all this other stuff, and I forgot where I was going with this. But eventually, he get, finally gets permission. He finds a grave. He gets the grave digger to tell him that this is Rowan's grave. Oh, right. And he gets yeah. Lord Summerisle's permission to dig it up, and when he digs it up in the middle of the night, what's inside? Funny. A dead rabbit! Uh-huh. Because as that girl said at the beginning, she's a hare now. And I love that scene. He, he goes back and he throws it at them. He throws yeah, it at Lord yeah. Summerisle and, and Miss Rose. Uh, Ingrid Pitt, rather. 
who are having a lovely piano bar moment uh-huh. at his house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thing again, like drinking wine and rolling around on like, you know, a Persian rug. Uh-huh. I think it's amazing. I'm and like, if, well, you go. Yeah, this is how I would like to spend most of my time if I if I had the option. Oh. Look at Rowan's transformation, isn't she cute? I'm so glad. Exactly, that's what they were so happy, like, oh look, she's become a buddy, that's great. She would be so happy with that. They're not shocked at all that you just threw a fucking corpse of a rodent at me while I'm trying to drink wine on a white carpet. Yeah. Completely, as we like to say on the show, non-plused. Non-plused. <laughs> but now he figures out that, oh, she must still be alive, and he's determined to search everywhere he can't find her. But anyway, whatever. We, we're skipping ahead now. It's the day before. The day of- yeah, we're all out of order, but yeah, this is the night before is that last-ditch attempt of, of Willow. Please come in my room and come inside me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't want to? Your choice. No? Okay. You don't want any of this. Uh huh. Sure. Uh huh. There's actually there's actually two really hot naked chicks in here. Yeah. Sure, you want any of this? No. Okay. All right. Your choice. Suit yourself. Uh huh. They have for this final day for the big day. It's May Day, so they are they're doing what these rituals that are still done in towns all over the UK and surrounding areas, mm-hmm. you know, kind of forgetting what the pagan heritage is, is, you know, with the, uh, like the hobby horse and punch right. running around in these funky processions. And I forget what they call him. Lord Summerall is leading the procession in drag. He's the man woman. He's yeah. Like the woman, the man woman, but they had a name for him, like the, um, the, the, the evil temptress or something like that. Uh, okay. And he's wearing a pair of very sensible sneakers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he you knows he's going to be, he's going to be climbing rocks. Come on. Yeah. I was like, is he wearing Vans? Can't be doing... The, huh. the roads aren't paved. Can't be wearing heels on roads like that. You just sink. I, I loved his wig because it reminded me of, like, what Saruman's wig yeah, would look Saruman. like when he was a younger man. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. This, is a full, this is a full circle <laughs> wig here. Uh-huh. Clearly there's no drag queens in this town because that guy was busted. No, <laughs> That yeah. girl was looking busted. He needed to paint his face and do all that shit like he had no contours nothing nothing didn't pad his butt nothing even like the hobby horse the guy that's just like a hobby horse overtly sexual yes yeah because the horse's head is right at crotch level i also thought to myself i'm like i think that if this like why i expected him not to be wearing pants like i expected him to be like flipping that thing up like trapping a young girl on and like underneath and him just being like "Ooh, there's my dingle yeah, like free balling it underneath this. And they would have been like, again, again, again with this. We could yeah, see that any day. Like, mm-hmm. We've seen We've seen it. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've seen it, Jerry. Put it away. Yeah. But yeah, so now now Officer Howie has joined the procession in disguise, dressed as Punch. Now, in the other movie, this is when he was running around in a bear outfit, punching girls in the face. Yep. Yep. The Inspector Howie goes the much more incognito route. Yep. This one, it's... You know, I just want to be like, did you think this was going to work? Uh-huh, because you just joined a yeah, procession that you, gonna work. Like, you just joined a procession and a ritual that yeah, you don't know how it's supposed to go. Exactly. You're now a major player in a ritual exactly. that you don't know how any of this works. Yeah. Try dancing. Yes, he said he didn't say like, dancing. Oh. He used some other farty term for it. What's the matter with you, McGregor? Do you call that dancing? Cut some capers, man. Use your platter. Play the fool. That's what you're here for. 
Yeah. I love that he also keeps calling him McGregor because he thinks because like he well, no, he, thinks, he knows right. it's not him, uh-huh. but he keeps calling him McGregor so that like he can keep playing yeah. along yeah. with his whole. Uh-huh. Come yeah, on, yeah. especially how he thinks he's pulling off this ruse, and he's the yeah, he's the only one who does not know. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is like, "Oh, we know, like we know who this is," and I felt bad for poor McGregor who was tied to the bed and had to like miss out on all the fun times. He's the only one in the whole village who wasn't there. McGregor is, like, tied up and being like, well, I guess I sit here until someone comes to rescue me. Man, I miss out on the wicker, man. This sucks. This sucks. Well, at least I'm tied to a bed. <laughs> someone will have to yeah, come like- and untie me. Ooh. Oh, and just this- Yeah, I did think that, too. Like, maybe that's McGregor's thing. Being tied to the bed? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you know... Whatever makes you happy. And also just before this, like when he's exactly. when uh Howie's trying to leave and he's on the plane, is when you start to see the villagers start to pop up spying on him, but they all have those freaky animal masks on. So good. So funny. So good. So like, creepy. To see here. No, <laughs> I'm just a little rabbit hiding in the in the bush. Oh, I'm just a fish that happens to be walking around on land, don't mind me. Again, they're they're like it's like it looks like they're trying to hide, but they're not. I want one of those for Halloween. So when he's going around from house to house and he finds this giant, uh, how he finds this giant fish costume, he's like, "What's this?" He's like, "Oh, that's my costume. I'm going as the salmon of knowledge." <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> you know that old costume. <laughs> I loved when like we're kind of getting to the climax of the story and he sees the two girls jump out of like they kind of lean out the window and they have the scary masks on and he's like, "Take those off!" And those girls straight up went. No, <laughs> we're not. Like, I, I was like, that's right. Don't like that. Don't be like someone telling you to take your fucking cross off from around your neck. Like, yeah, exactly. Don't you tell these people what they can and cannot do no, in their on, home on their turf. So rude. Uh huh. They have that other ritual first, the one at the um, the Standing Stones. The ritual with the swords. Oh, the yeah, the six swords that they like lock together. Uh huh. Like the pentagram with yeah, the hot yeah, guys yeah, and kilts. Have to like. Put your head in to see whether or not you're going to be the one that's chosen. Chop, 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 oh, the chop, chop, yeah. chop. Again, very suspenseful. I mean, if you yeah. don't, if you don't yeah. know, even if you know where it's going, like, wait, wait, wait. This didn't happen in the other movie. What's happening here? And then that yes. the, you think Rowan is in the big bunny suit. Yes, because there's a yeah. in the in the procession is someone on a cart, clearly in a position of honor, dressed as the March Hare. And when it gets to the March Hare, when he when the March Hare puts the head through the circle of swords. Chop. Yeah. They chop the bunny's head right over. Like, oh fuck! But, oh, nope. Another trick. I was like, yeah. Everyone laughs it off. Chosen. It's Myrtle. Yay! Yeah. Ha ha! Funny, funny. Yeah. Just another sh- more shit he doesn't understand. But like, it just it feels like even though it feels sinister, it's because we have a like a belief system based on Judeo Christian beliefs. Yeah. So like, we're sort of all operating under that assumption. Uh huh. And, like, when you see it happen and you see how, like, how everyone is just, like, again, non-bloosed, this is part of their ritual. And they're having fun. This is their celebration. Yeah, yeah. These, re- these celebrations seem fucking rad. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's oh, what I was going to, yeah, I was going to interrupt with is that when you said non-bloosed, I'm like, they're not even non-bloosed. It's joyful. Yeah. yeah. This is not a grim celebration. This is a celebration celebration. Yeah. yeah, these seem really fun. I was like, this seems like a religion I'm more interested in. Are you guys like meeting anywhere around Park Slope? Yeah, you recruiting? Yeah, you got a you got a you got a U.S. branch? Uh, yeah, I believe it happens in the Southwest once a year. <laughs> but, oh oh God! Burning At Burning Man? Man? What's 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 inspired it? <laughs> what's this movie? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we'll just stay home. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm too old for Burning Man now. <laughs> Is it over yet? Is it, it's 8 o'clock. I'm very tired. I'm like... Everybody put you your know? clothes... You'd be Howie. You'd be right around going, just put your clothes on shove. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> we, we were, we've been out the last couple of nights. Like we went to... We had a friend who was in from out of town. And uh, we went to go see, like, a couple of plays and, like, walk around museums with her and uh-huh. stuff like that. And, like, we, each night we got home, the two were like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. Everything it's below exhausted. the waist is kaput. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, ugh, I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, of course, there's one big surprise left in store. Well, several surprises left in store because they're going out to the, to the cliffs for the final part of the ritual. And when they get there... He sees there's Rowan up there on the rocks. She's safe. She's alive. Yep. And she's in on it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I love the way that he runs up to her, like, just like no chill whatsoever. Just straight up is like, oh, and he runs up to her and he's like, I'm a police officer. I'm going to save you. And she's like, oh, please do help me. I'm like, I know yeah. exactly where to go. Follow me. And like, into this creepy ass cave. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like, did he take her flower crown and like, Try to talk Try to, to the yeah. like, ooh, I'm gonna, they're gonna lose my scent yeah, and follow them. Throw them off the yeah. trail. Uh-huh. Yeah, Good no. Plan. We're, hey, how about let's talk about that plane that you flew here with that isn't working? What's your plan? Yeah, what is the that? plan? Uh-huh. Like, you're, you're terrible at this cop There's, thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe you there, should be a priest. There are a lot more of them. <laughs> Than are of you. Yes, that's the other part too. It's like, dude, you don't have a gun yeah. or anything. Yeah, I don't, there's I don't, a lot of people here. I don't think there was a phone on that island because there's no cars, so I don't know how he's calling for backup or anything. But anyway, he doesn't care because he's the white knight and he's got Jesus on his side. Yeah, jeez. And he get, he he gets her through the dark of the cave, and they come out the other side, and oh, everyone who is at the other side of the cave is now on this side of the cave. Like, hi. Yeah, they they took the shortcut. Uh huh. Because this is when she says, "Like, oh, did I do it right? You did a great job." I was like, "Oh, this is fucking so good, so good." Uh huh. Because this was the spot he needed to come to. Yeah. And this is what seals his fate. Well, several all the factors that they needed, and they explain it. They're just like, "Look, we gave you every opportunity to leave, Uh every opportunity, and you didn't take any of them." Uh huh. We we needed the pious uh, man of authority. Who is a virgin who comes yep. here? Who is comes, here of his own free will? Who comes here of his own free will? Mm-hmm. And you did all those things, and we gave you every opportunity not to. We we're perfectly mm-hmm. prepared mm-hmm. to sacrifice Rowan, but instead, you got an appointment with the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene—I uh, was- also like, yeah, that Wicker Man mm-hmm. is way scarier in this version. Yeah, every cast member that they interviewed in every documentary said they were horrified. By the Wicker Man, because you don't get a sense of how big it was. Yeah. They said it was yeah. enormous. And it was the most terrifying thing to see. And when they set it on fire, either, you know, the Take 27 fire or when they burned it down for real, they said that it was like an energy you would not have believed. It was both terrifying and exhilarating and primal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could imagine that. Yeah. So the, I, the, I, don't, I hope this isn't skipping too far ahead because it does light on fire. Um, what's the, what, what was the woman who gets naked? What, what's that actress's name? Brit something? Brit Eklund, yeah. Yes. She says that the animals inside burned up. One did, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Oh, it did? You could, no, they, oh, they, wow. they said they had, they had escape hatches for all of them, but apparently one died. 
Mm. Hearing the animals scream inside the Wicker Man was actually yeah, kind yeah, of scary. He's not in there alone. The ton, every inch yeah. of it is filled with animals. That cute little baby cow. Yeah. yeah. There's a teeny tiny little baby cow. He's like, get that little baby cow out of there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk a lot of things about the scene, particularly because what uh, uh, Edward Woodward had to say about it was, was really fascinating. Because he's going to be burned alive. Is what's happening. Mm-hmm. They've turned the tables on him, and he continues to go on with his whole pious nature. And they're like, uh-huh, okay, all right, that's good. So you're going to cling to these beliefs? That's great. So we're going to give you the greatest gift we possibly can. You're going to die a martyr. Mm-hmm. And you'll sit at the right hands of the saints and be revered in our community for all of time. And they, they put him in the wicker, man, and set it on fire. He said, one of the things was like, it was awful. He said, first of all, it was really fucking hot. But there were points. Well, he said, okay, let me just backtrack. When he comes over the hill and sees it for the first time, was the first time he saw it. So oh, his reaction oh. is real. And he said, I had the lines. The lines that were written were, oh, God, Christ, Christ, God, Christ. And he said, when we rehearsed it, I was doing it like I was, it was a swear, like, oh, God, oh, God, Christ, Christ, Christ. But he said, I saw that thing, and all of a sudden, I was calling God and Christ for real. <laughs> yeah. And he said he was never more terrified than when he was in that thing. He said it was scary. And there was always that lingering fear that what if we're doing this for real? Yeah. And the whole time the goat above him is pissing on his head every five minutes because the goat, the oh, animals are all no. terrified. And uh thing that was also interesting, like I said, it was freezing on this set. And I've heard the story two different ways. Was that it was absolutely cold and they wouldn't let the extras put on coats. And they brought coats... I've heard that either Christopher Lee did it or that it was Ingrid Pitt. Either way, it's cool. They brought, let's go with Ingrid Pitt. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee celebrated enough. They brought her a coat and she said, no, I don't wear a coat till all of them get their coat. Good for her. Yeah. And here's why I thought that was super cool because the same thing happened to me on the set of an Olsen Twins movie. Oh. Wait, what? Talk all about that immediately. Yeah. Uh, we were shooting, it was the summer. But we were shooting a scene where we were all supposed to be walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. And for some reason that day was cold. And out on the bridge over the river was freezing. And we were not allowed to bring coats because there was nowhere to pull. It was a helicopter shot, so there was no place to hide them. Mm-hmm. And the Olsen twins are there in floor-length minks complaining about how cold it is mm-hmm. in front of us. Well, we're there in you know, bicycle shorts and tank tops and... Pretty much the same thing happened. They brought Eugene Levy his coat, and he said, no, they don't get coats. I don't get a coat. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, not awesome that you guys didn't get it. But. No, no, no. But I was like, right on. That's really, that's really big of you, sir. You don't have to do that, and that's great. And i just like to yeah. say that he was inspired by the documentaries of this movie. He's like, I'm Chris, if Ingrid Britt and Christopher Lee did it, I'm going to do that too. But apparently, when they shot that last scene, was the first time in the six weeks or whatever they were there that the sun actually came out. Wow. So the sun god was actually appeased. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they said that final shot of the wicker man burning and his head starts to collapse. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see the sun setting behind it. You know, as it falls, you see the sun right. Was, that was a one-shot deal. And it just wow. happened like that. Like, they was like, oh, the sun's there. Oh, well, that was a great shot. Ever done. Because they were only going to have one chance to do all this. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Is this going to be like uh, the train scene in The Fugitive where it's like, hey, we don't have money to make a second Wicker Man. No, yeah. they did not. Like, it's it. No, so these incredible shots that happen, happened by pure chance because the, the movie gods were appeased. 
And this movie was not a hit in the back in the day, right? No. Well, when it came out, like I said, it was heavily edited and didn't make any sense. And I can't imagine if this movie is edited that much that it would make any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's and it wasn't marketed right. And, you know, people, you know, if, you, if you're sticking it on with a regular horror movie, you know, if this, there's nothing like this movie out there. Nothing. No. Yeah. So if you don't know what you're in for, if you're, want, if you're going to expect to see a horror movie and you want to see vampires and, you know, traditional witches and pointy hats with warty noses, mm-hmm. you're going to be vastly disappointed. Yeah. yeah. And why are they singing? Yeah. Because it yeah, walks this weird. It works. Walks this fine line between a horror movie and an art film. Yeah, and a psychological thriller. Yeah. So. And like I said, those people didn't know how to market it. And like one of the things they said that those British companies that you know, that are in charge of distribution, they're like, um, wait, that's it. This is how it ends. The cavalry's not coming in. No, we're not going to market this. That was really their problem. Was well, many well, they, down ending. Well, the fact that the rest of it wasn't like anything. They were like, "What is this? What's going on? We don't understand this movie. What? What's happening?" And then that ending. No, huh? It's not that long. That not that long after the Hayes Code. Well, that was an American thing. That I think. Yeah. Of, but still, whatever. But yeah, he said he was never more terrified. Wow. Than he was on that set. Yeah, I could see that. I could. I could totally sympathize with that. Yeah. If I had to climb into that that fucking thing, I would be like, no. I would be like, like especially in the seventies when like mm, health and safety back then was. Well, oh, that's the other God, thing dude. that he said because he's carried up by the guy who was in the hobby horse costume up the ramp to the Ricker Man up the ladder. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was a big dude. Yeah, and he said every step I heard the snapping <laughs> of oh. the wood on the ladder under this guy's weight. <laughs> I'm oh. gonna die before we get in there. Oh, wow. I gotta watch this. You said there's a documentary about this. Yeah, there's. It's on uh, YouTube called The Cult of the Wicker Man. There's several, but that was a really good one. I would watch that. Let's watch that tonight. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good. It's really interesting that this movie that was a huge flop just through sheer perseverance now all of a sudden is revered. It deserves it, and it deserves a better remake it, than that piece of crap from Nick Cage. Uh-huh. I don't think. I don't think it should have a remake. I think that's, if this is perfect no, the way that it is, I agree. And no one should have ever tried to touch it. That's no, no, no. With modern times, now we get into cell phones and shit, the internet. Well, and okay, and, okay. and modern audiences don't want this. They want jump scares. Yeah. Yeah. They want blood. Uh huh. And fast paced. And this is neither of those things. So you're not going to get your market for it. And now Can after that remake, collectively, after the remake, the uh, an actual musical out of this. <gasps> Uh, that's actually mentioned on the documentary that at one point it was being considered for a Broadway musical. But the documentary's ancient, so clearly it never happened. We can make it happen! Yes! <laughs> yes! I'm in, I'm in. We need more naked titty dancing on Broadway. I mean, yeah. I could do it. I, th- I think you could do it. <laughs> just think of, I the, mean, this just is- think of the merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Foreskins! <laughs> Oh, souvenir foreskins, man. but like, but like, they're actually just like goodie branded um, hair ties. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So. Little gummy frogs. Gummy frogs for your throat. Yeah. yeah. Which you have to unwrap before the show begins. Thank not you. During. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Or some interactive thing would be great too. Some immersive thing. Um, I think if if you're gonna do t-shirts, like, because there's always a show t-shirt, you have to do like. One of those like barbecue style aprons where it's like <laughs> Britt Necklace boobs drawn on a t shirt. Yes. 
and someone else's butt on the back. Yes. Well, your butt. Your butt would be on the back. You can only wear this naked. Sorry. <laughs> Britt demanded it that way. Britt's the only one left. They're all gone. It's so sad. No, I should have been a branding and marketing uh, uh, representative. I know, I know how to. It would have been a huge hit. It would have been a huge hit. It would be a Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Lord Summer, I'll be solving adventures to solve mysteries. Oh, my Wicker God. Man and friends. <laughs> you go look for clues. We're going to go over here and bone in this field. <laughs> yes. Children, this is a phallic symbol. Can Phall- you say phallic symbol? <laughs> right, and then there's a big pause. That's right. Good job. <laughs> this is a phallic symbol. This is a phallus. Yeah. Good morning. Uh-huh. A little, oh. little plushy Wicker Man. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah chocolate wicker men Ooh. just like they had at the <laughs> at mrs morrison's sweet shop <laughs> good stuff good stuff no i adore I this movie it. i love this movie I, I wind up singing the music all the time which is creepy yeah i loved it too i really did um i it, most of the time the ones that you pick for us like i i usually wind <laughs> up liking them so uh yeah. so keep picking the uh, picking hits for us so uh-huh unlike my other heterosexual couple who demand garbage <laughs> if you guys ever meet well, if, you guys, time, if you guys ever meet you would probably you'd be like crossing the streams probably <laughs> we're not, we will never meet because those people just look at each other like hmm other heteros uh, kill yeah fellow breeders fellow mm. breeders exactly when you're ahead you're ahead all the way Yep, exactly. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. This movie would never get made today. Never. No. Well, it barely got made the first time. I love that it was made because I love any indictment of people's religious um, prejudices. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy that, especially yeah. when they're of the of it, skewering the Christian persuasion. I agree, especially these days. Yeah, especially these. Days. I mean, because one of my big things is that Easter and Christmas are just so filled still with pagan imagery that nobody yeah. really notices. Like, what's this bunny thing? Why is there an egg? Yeah. Why is there a pine tree? Why is there mistletoe? What is this shit all about? <laughs> yeah, totally. No answer. No answer. Nobody knows. Like, for a country. <laughs> oh, boy. Here, no, go. Um, no, no, we do politics so- here. Go right ahead. <laughs> Like, this country is so very much like, we appreciate and love our traditional American values. I'm like, you don't really know where any of those fuckers come from, you fucking idiot. No, you don't. Like, god damn it. I I mean, this movie also is my favorite kind of horror movie, which is, I mean, Patrick, you would, am I right about this? This would be considered more of a thriller than a horror movie? It's classified as a horror movie. I think the end is, is what tips the scales. Yeah, because it's gruesome. Okay. I remember okay. watching this for the first time, and the credits were rolling, and my jaw just being on the floor, like, unable to turn off the movie. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this psychological tension in this is, is right up my alley. This is just, I, I can't do slashers. I can't do, like, a ton of gore. Yeah. It just, it isn't, it isn't for me. Like, because that just falls into either, like, like you said, jump scares, which I hate, or it's, like, just campy and then it's not, not scary. Yeah. This is this is like 
frightening huh? and i love it and i love that even at the end when they're burning him alive and he's screaming for jesus god is my savior that they're just standing around happy singing and dancing yeah singing yeah. a song that i sang in chorus in high school whoa really that's that's a traditional one summer is a coming in loudly sing cuckoo blow the seed and blow the wind loud and new sing cuckoo yeah totally <laughs> that's a traditional uk song folk song fantastic i love it and I'm going, no, their harmonies are terrible, but they don't have any. That's like, there should be harmony there. That should be, that should be, where, 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 are the, where are the Sopranos? Come on, get in this. <laughs> no, it's, they're just happy as clams watching this guy burn the fuck up. Yeah, because these people are like solidly like, yeah, this is our, this is, this is what we believe. And, uh-huh. and the thing know. is, it's also introduced in a scene with um, uh, uh, Christopher Lee where he's talking to inspector howie about the religion he's like well my father came here and started the farm and whatever and he's like he introduced the religion to the people he's like i had all these he had all these scientific ways of you know growing new crops and new kinds of fertilizers but to get the people behind he's like well let's just say it's the old gods (laughs) so all of this is really for nothing Mm. It's to keep the people happy, although there are indications of actual magic as well. Right. You know, like the scene with Willow and the scene with the Hand of Glory. Act, well, it doesn't work in this version. Right. Because he does, he does get up right away. But in the lost footage, it does give him some crazy dream, which I, I read about what it was. But it was, it was another thing just like, go home. Just go home. Everything's fine here. Go home. Everything's fine. Yeah. I, like, I don't, I don't understand what in this version like what sets him off like it i feel like the reason that neil labute wrote um the version that he did with um nicholas cage being related to the girl was so Mm. that he had a stronger motivation to keep looking for her Uh um yeah yeah because in this version you're sort of like wait what is this guy just entirely motivated by his own like self-righteousness yep Every, and that, but I mean, I feel like that that works better for me. Well, and like, also just I enjoy that more. I agree, and also just because it's well justified. Every word and every action that this guy takes reeks of infallibility. Yeah, he really, yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely. So when he does actually turn out to be the what do they call him? The privileged simpleton king for the day. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what you are, sir. Yeah. Uh huh. You are punch. You are the fool. You. Pull, you know, the the because the image of the fool itself is that image on the tarot card of the guy like looking at the rose and like, oh, look at the sky, it's so great, but he's walking off a cliff. That's exactly what this guy did. Right. Totally. Oh, he's at the cliff when he realizes it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. This movie is smart. It's smart about the way that it does things and mm-hmm. sets it up. Yep. 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 And they were all very cold. Everyone had very hard nipples the very whole time. <laughs> Everyone was cold. And shrunken phalluses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a very sexy environment. No. Now go, now go, get, go get naked in that field, kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the Wicker Man. We kind of jumped all over the place, but I'm assuming that all of you have seen it before because it's a classic. And if you haven't, do it. Yeah. Well, we kind of spoiled it, it for it. you, but I, I'm going to put a warning out beforehand. If you haven't seen it, go find a copy, any copy, because any copy is a good copy. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say: that in the '80s there was a movie called Spellbinder with Tim Daly from Wings. Wow. Son of, I mean, brother of Tyne Daly. That I thought was awesome. I didn't, I never knew that. Yeah. 
and I thought it was awesome. It was basically this guy who was trying to protect this girl that he met. She was being pursued by a coven of witches that wanted to kill her. It's the same movie. The ending is exactly the same. But at the time, I was like, that's brilliant. When I saw this one, I was like, what? What? That movie wow. to- totally stole this. <laughs> Do they talk about any of that in like any of the documentaries? No. No, because this movie was nothing. Yeah. It was, you know, direct to ah. VHS. Just like your t- like typical generic ripoff of a horror movie. Yeah, they gotcha. didn't even try. Okay, they stabbed him, but essentially it was the same thing. You came to this beach of your own free will. Wow. And now I sacrifice you instead of me. Fucking lazy. Lazy. Damn, damn it, Tim Daly. <laughs> what the hell? That's why I booed you in, in, when you were in Broadway on, on Catch Me If You Can. No, I didn't. I, uh, you ripped off the Wicker Man. He's like, what? what? No, that's not true. That's not true at all. It's just, okay. So I think that's going to wrap it up. So remind everybody, where can we find Killing Your Darlings? Daniel? You can find Killing Your Darlings on iTunes, Google Play, uh, pretty much anywhere where you can get Stitcher. Stitcher. And uh, it's Killing Your Darlings. Or you can talk to us on Twitter at KYDCast or send us an email, KYDCast at gmail.com. Okay. We've switched over to a monthly format now. We used to do a a weekly podcast, but Mm. now we do it once a month um, because we just sort of like uh, have gotten very busy in our in our lives and yeah, uh, and you moved. You just moved too. So exactly. So few things more traumatic than moving. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Uh huh. So, Kristen, do you have any projects coming up? No, nothing right now. You Um, lazy bitch! uh, You're fired. I know. I, again, moving. God yeah, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, nothing. Uh, nothing on pipeline right now that uh, I could share with anybody. But uh, just uh, uh, the podcast, which is once a month. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's uh, what movies you're covering coming coming up? Do you know? Ooh, I don't know what the next one's going to be. Oh, but, well, uh, but do- if you would like to write in for a uh, recommendation, yeah, we love recommendations. Uh-huh. cast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I've been kind of waiting for that Freaky Friday. Yeah. Uh-huh. I waited. I said it to you. No, uh, Friday. Don't worry, baby. We got. I've got you on the short But list. you're moving. You moved. Now I know. I didn't know before. I'm like, they hate me. Right? No, hate no. me. Hate. We Actually, we do, but we also moved. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's really... Oh, Smoochie's giving me the about. sign to wrap this guy, this up, guys. So, And also, Dan is a right. is a super famous photographer. So if you're in the New York area and you need something picture taken, if you need a picture taken, he was in Vogue? 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 Yeah, British, British Vogue. British Vogue. Vogue. Mm-hmm. And the British Vogue actually has an extra superfluous U in it yeah. because they're British. So it's V-O-G-U-U-A. U-U-A. Oh, oh, by the way, I meant to mention this before. Sorry. Just uh, sorry. I hate to hate to jump around. Do you know what just opened at an amusement park in the UK? Mm -mm, What? Wicker Man, the roller coaster. What? Yeah, listener Woody, he tipped me off on a while ago and it just opened, I think, last week. And he sent me, uh, uh, there's going to be a call later on the show that he called from the park saying that it's awesome. I watched video of it. Okay. It's a wooden roller coaster. The tracks are on fire. What? The tracks are on fire. <laughs> no. That's all right, that sounds pretty rad. I'm not a roller coaster person, but I'm like, ooh. Oh. I would love to watch someone else ride that roller coaster. Uh-huh. And the wicker <laughs> the wicker man's towering over the whole thing. I'm like, this is bananas. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you're in London, if you like, if you like nostalgic movies, if you like movies from your childhood ruined by these two, check out Killing Your Darlings. If you want your picture taken by a guy who's in vogue, contact Dan. And if you're in the UK and want to sacrifice yourself to the pagan gods on a roller coaster, go to the go to the, the Alden Towers. I think it's called. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for joining me again on Scream Queens. I love you both. I miss you. Love you miss too, you Patrick. Too. Thank you. And now for something completely different: the gorgeous Miss Kristen Petty singing the Rainbow Connection. Why? from the UK so we are at the Wicker Man and as you're recording the 
Wickerman episode, so we give you a quick burst from the Wickerman roller coaster that's just over there, but it's awesome and you'd love it, and we've been sacrificed so many times. Anyway, keep it fun. Love you guys. Love you, Scream Queen. Bye! What do you thank you so much for calling? This made me so happy. The only thing that would have made it better is had you actually called it while you were on the Waker Man, but that would have just been too dangerous. You would have lost your phone and it would have been bad. But as I said, when you called in, when I was told you the message was that I certainly hope that you wrote it in the Brit Eklund seat, which means you wrote it naked. But now I know that would have meant you wrote it naked. From the top up. Well, you wrote a topless, but with somebody else's butt. Now it's just been way too confusing, but thank you, Woody, for calling in. So that is going to wrap things up for episode 219. I can't believe I finally come to the point where this episode is going to get uploaded. I'm so happy. So if you want to be like Woody and make this show even cooler than it was going to be anyway, pick up your phone and dial 917-720-2047. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. You can also find me on Facebook. By doing a search on Scream Queens for Horror Gets Gay, I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens, and I am on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. So next time is my birthday episode. I have no idea what I'm doing, but please get your birthday messages in because I live for your approval. And that's all I got for now. Thank you so much for being out there and for being awesome. And until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place. And never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final real baby. Because I'm there waiting for you. What? Bye. I go hunting for witches. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!